This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Saturday the 9th of July. I'm Emily Ferrier. And I'm Amy Gill. At the G20 summit, Russia is accused of playing hunger games. We have no right to allow Russia to further blackmail the world through high energy prices, hunger and security threats. And a man has confessed to shooting the former Japanese prime minister. I think people are still waking up in absolute disbelief that this has happened. The Times Daily World Briefing. We start at the G20 summit in Bali, which saw the Russian foreign minister walk out of talks after criticizing the West. Despite some useful discussions that should allow us to ask some very blunt questions of our Western colleagues, they have no answers on these questions. There is only rabid Russiaphobia which they turn to instead of finding much-needed common ground on key issues on the global economy and finances, for which the G20 was created. Even from his arrival, Sergei Lavrov was greeted with shouts of when will you stop the war, and the invasion of Ukraine dominated much of the summit. With soaring energy prices and food shortages, the effect of Russia's war has been felt worldwide, and Ukraine's foreign minister accused Russia of playing hunger games. We have no right to allow Russia to further blackmail the world through high energy prices, hunger and security threats. Russia must end its war, stop its illegal blockade of the Ukrainian ports and withdraw its troops from the territory of Ukraine. Also at the summit was U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who refused a private meeting with Lavrov, sparking the Russian minister to blame the U.S. for the breakdown of diplomatic talks. No, uh, it was not us who abandoned all contacts. It was the United States. Uh, that's all I can say. And we are not running after anybody suggesting meetings. If they don't want to talk, it's their choice. The summit comes after Russian President Vladimir Putin's warning that the war in Ukraine was yet to start in earnest. In a speech to senior politicians, Putin addressed the West of wanting to see the war continue until Russia was fighting the last Ukrainian, which he said would be a tragedy. The Times correspondent Ashkold Krushelnitsky is in Ukraine and gave an update of what's happening on the ground. Um, The Russians have um, continued to do missile strikes um, all over the country at various points. Um, It seems um, that um, they hit um, targets indiscriminately. So there again have been lots of civilian um, casualties and just obviously civilian targets. To Japan now, where a man has confessed to shooting former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, according to police. Media reported his name as Tetsuya Yamagami. The shooter reportedly held a grudge against a specific organisation which he believed Abe was part of. Police say the weapon was a homemade gun made from metal and wood. Abe was shot and killed on Friday while campaigning for a parliamentary election. The longest-serving leader of modern Japan had been making a campaign speech outside a train station in Nara when two shots rang out. The 67-year-old politician was pronounced dead around five and a half hours after the shooting. The death has shocked residents of Japan as the country has tightly controlled gun laws and political violence is almost unthinkable. Sureya Tapa Batachiaria is a Wall Street Journal reporter in Tokyo. She spoke to Times Radio. I think people are still waking up in absolute disbelief that this has happened. Uh, like I've mentioned before, it's the shock is 
one that an outsized personality like Mr. Abe was targeted and two uh, that it was it's it was a gun mm. the gun violence in Japan is almost unheard of this is the first killing of a former Japanese leader since a 1936 coup attempt when several figures were assassinated Gavin Blair a journalist based in Japan has told Times Radio that while he wasn't universally popular Shinzo Abe made a huge impact as prime minister he was Somewhat divisive figure was was adored by supporters, credited with reviving Japan's economy through his abenomics policies. Opponents uh, were less keen on his attempts to to revise Japan's pacifist constitution, and um, he certainly left a, um, his mark on politics. And even after he he stepped down from the the top job, he was recognised as a a powerful political figure in the background and the leader of the the biggest faction in the the Liberal Democratic Party. On the way, Sopranos actor Tony Sirico has died and an Aztec temple is restored. The Times Daily World Briefing. 13 people have reportedly been killed in India after a cloudburst caused flash flooding at a pilgrim campsite in the Himalayas. Water gushed from all sides of the mountain gorge as security personnel warned people to stay back from an overflowing river. Rescue teams worked into the night to search for about several dozen survivors, carrying the injured away on stretchers. Tens of thousands of Hindu pilgrims crossed glaciers and waterlogged trails, a journey they take annually to Karma Sutraget, the cave shrine of Amarnath, to see an ice stalagmite thought to be the physical manifestation of Hindu god Lord Shiva. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi tweeted his condolences to the bereft families, adding that all possible assistance is being provided to the affected. This is not the first year pilgrims have had to endure adverse weather conditions, with hundreds dying of exhaustion in the past, as well as contending with rebels in the Muslim-majority region. The pilgrimage is supposed to last 45 days and concludes on the 11th of August. Billionaire Elon Musk is seeking to end his $44 billion bid to buy Twitter, alleging multiple breaches of the agreement. Musk said he backed out because Twitter failed to provide enough information on the number of spam and fake accounts. Danny Forston is Silicon Valley correspondent for the Sunday Times. He said the reason for the pullout may be more of a tactical move. It might just be that this is some sharp-elbowed negotiating tactics because, of course... In the past three months, Twitter's share price has collapsed, and now his his bid looks like a very large overpayment, so maybe he's just trying to, you know, shave off a few billion. But Twitter won't be accepting this easily, and has threatened to sue the Tesla CEO if he walks. Brett Taylor, the chair of Twitter's board, tweeted that the board is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk and plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With Jordan Spieth's address on his future in the PGA Tour, here's John Jackson. Just days away from the start of the Open Championship, American golfer Jordan Spieth has moved to address rumours over his future on the PGA Tour. Spieth denied on Friday that he's in discussions to leave the tour for the lucrative Saudi-backed Live Golf Series. 
Major winners, including Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, and Bryson DeChambeau, have already partnered with the new Breakaway League, reportedly for huge sums of money. The three-time major champion said in a statement that he fully supports the PGA Tour and has never considered any alternatives. Meanwhile, Northern Irishman Rory McIlroy, who has been openly critical of the Live Series, has called for both sides to hold talks to find common ground to stop splitting the game. The 150th Open begins on Thursday at St Andrews in Scotland, where golfers from both the PGA Tour and Live Golf will compete. The Times Daily World Briefing Entertainment Actor Tony Sirico, best known for his role as the lovable but murderous gangster Polly Walnuts on The Sopranos, has died at the age of 79 on Friday. Brooklyn native Sirico served 20 months in prison on a gun charge in the early 1970s, according to his bio in the movie database imdb.com. Though he frequented Woody Allen movies from 1994 to 2016, Sirico broke out as the captain from the crime family of Tony Soprano. Sirico is survived by his children, grandchildren, siblings, nieces, nephews, and many more, according to his brother. No cause of death was reported. And finally, a team of 80 engineers, surveyors, restorers, architects, and archaeologists have been working 14 months to protect an Aztec temple in Mexico. One of Mexico's most important and ancient site, the Templo Mayor Complex, was believed to be the centre of the universe by the Aztecs. The roof covering the House of Eagles, part of a 500-year-old site, collapsed under the weight of rain and hail during a storm last year. The new roof should be ready by September and is designed to be wide and strong enough to withstand extreme weather, preserving the elaborately carved sculptures and painted murals depicting warriors and procession and bloodletting rituals underneath. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Saturday, the 9th of July. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.